Greetings, nerds. This is Seen the Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. I, um, <laughs> okay, I have to ask you, because yeah, I've yeah. never thought about this before. Yeah. Because you just, you just, right before you did your countdown to press record, you said, I gotta get to my Last of Us notes. Yeah. So, sir... Yeah. Do you how long are your notes on like a given show? So on a given show, I it's bullet points. So right. yeah, so it it's like today my notes for Last of Us is like front and back page, um, just uh, in a spiral notebook that I just journal. So oh my god, you're so old school that I. Yeah. So, so for listeners, um, I'm kind of, I'm still debating how I want to feel about this, considering Will gets the luxury of seeing all of the random thoughts in my mind as I put them all <laughs> down. And, and I'm sure he's made note over the years how, how it's easy to tell when Sarah likes something and when yep. she can care less. Yep, yep, yep. I saw one particular note that I, I'm sure we will definitely expand on greatly here with this episode yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah, I well, well, even just the amount of notes I take, yeah, or yeah. the the amount of things that I do, I I have I used to do do it while I was watching the show, mm-hmm. and then um, I want to say it happened with House of Dragon. Or maybe even the boys, where I just stopped. I, yeah. I, I was like, I need to take it in. And mm-hmm. then when I listened to Kind of Funny, John Roca, or one of the other um, YouTube re, um, it's not reviewers um, go over the show, then it kind of jogs my memory, and then I add notes. And but, but I always remember things that I, I tell myself. Like I always make for I have a I have a pretty good I'm pretty good about being aware of my reaction while mm-hmm. I'm watching something. Yeah. So so, so when Amor yeah. was given two weeks in black, <laughs> I sure to remember that. <laughs> well, yeah, and there, this episode tonight that we're gonna talk about here, uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of like speaking of notes, just my in my notebook the gut here it is fresh when i'm watching it like emotional high low whatever it may be and you know just thinking about this episode tonight and and i know speaking of of our our overall faults about it i know uh we uh it was reversed this time you actually watched it before i did uh and uh as far as that was a Sunday, I was just like not in a space to watch it. But then hearing everyone's reactions about like, oh, it's the best show on television. It's the best episode ever and all that. And I will say, I will say it was. There's been a lot of great episodes of TV in the last year. (laughs) Right. And 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 yes, I agree. It was definitely of things I've watched recently, it's definitely a highlight, but I think folks are getting kind of prisoner of the moment where they say it's the best episode of all time. I I just don't... I think people need to remove best from their vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. It's used far too often, and I feel as though if you, if you were judging something or reviewing something 
that is art. Mm-hmm. Art is all it's it's opinion. It's mm-hmm. whatever so it's- suits you. So you can't really say something's the best because it's not you can't like scientifically prove that. Right. Per se. Exactly. Exactly. And I, don't get me wrong. I, I I love this episode. I mean, it it I was gutted in certain parts. So uh, but uh, it's just funny just we just as far as overall thinking um, about this, this is we just sort of right. set up things uh, just, you know, as we were talking about and before and even uh, while we were starting here, uh, reactors and, and how um, how folks react on social media and, and also in the YouTube space and others, how uh, it, it's very interesting uh, with a very subjective thing. Uh, right. Like you said of how people uh, is how people react and it's very it's very similar to like sports <laughs> in that regard of <laughs> where it's like uh, yeah the, no but there's there's a clear yeah. winner in a sports game yeah like, no but i'm just saying like when people like christen a game an all-timer or something like that and then right. the, the, the very next week that that's the next all-timer so that, that's right right that absolutely like or comparing someone who has a legacy in a sport to someone who's just had a really good season. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you're, you're, you are the prisoner of the moment. And where, where I was going with my whole rant was more that replace best with favorite. It can be your favorite episode of television, mm-hmm. but when you say best, you're saying, Oh, everybody will like this and put it like number one. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't agree with that. Um, because, Going into this episode, having already heard mm. people who got the screeners say episode three, episode three, episode three, I was already, it's never a good thing to tell me something's going to be good because my automatic response is not to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like it because you're telling me mm-hmm. I'm supposed to. And I'm like, I don't like it when people tell me what to do. So I'm going to not. Um and 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 that's also a defense mechanism to lower my expectations. Um, this episode is beautiful. It's a beautiful episode. It's very simple. I mm-hmm. I completely understand everything it does for the show. Granted, I know a little bit more than you do about the story, but I mm-hmm. think like it's good. I just yeah. <laughs> I thought it was for some reason, and I don't know. When I hear the word best, I expected a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And so, and to that point, you know, my, whenever I finished watching it last night, the first thing I sent to you, I, the, the first messages I sent to you was, Sarah, it lit, wow, it lived up to its billing. And it, to me, it did. To me, it did. That it was the best episode of. No, Hell. that it lived up. Well, I will just say, not that it was necessarily the best episode, but from just a, as far as just an average summary of people who did have the luxury of getting the full season screeners that episode three would was a standout episode i'm gonna be mad if this is the best episode of the season yeah i see that is my takeaway from that and and when i first read your message i was like oh shit because I'm thinking in my man, this better not be the best episode of the season like set aside this whole idea of 2023 television this Mm -hmm. is going to be one of the best episodes all year of any show and i'm like okay that's the log standard i hope 
And maybe it's because I know a few other tales that they're going to stories and encounters that are going to happen. This isn't the best episode of the, of the season. That being said, I'm also acting like a prisoner of the moment and looking at back at it, I could say, yeah, episode three was the best episode of the season. Um, Surprisingly, because it's not focused on Joel and Ellie. Yep. Um, And, and what I think that this episode does flawlessly is, is really uh, remove the two central characters um, and tell a, a tangential story that that um does get our characters from point a to point b like they got to get in a car eventually they want to go to wyoming yeah (laughs) (laughs) we gotta get a car so how do we get a car oh we have these these characters so let's have this but let's not tell it in this traditional way and and i'm very much aware of how it deviates from what happens in the game Mm -hmm. and it deviates perfectly um and 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 what i liked and loved about this episode of is the parallel of how what i was talking about in regards to ellie in the first episode is that Mm. guys this is a kid who literally grew like this world this qv is all she knows Mm -hmm. and on that point a scene that like give her an Emmy um, is when she didn't know what a seatbelt was <laughs> <laughs> because in that moment, yeah. when she looks at Joel, she is not Ellie. I'm going to kill people. She mm-hmm. is Ellie. I am a little girl who literally has no idea what you're talking about, sir. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's a seatbelt, which is a form of protection Mm-hmm. Like I think is very significant, but back to my point about how this relationship um, that we watch and we watch two middle-aged people fall in love, mm-hmm. live out the rest of their lives and then decide we can't do this any like surviving. We've survived as long as we could. Let's, let's, let's call it quits now or not even quits like enough is enough like we have lived our life we have been in love we have we have had like happies and lows we've had everything we've wanted yeah so so we're gonna we're gonna close the page and how that parallels with this idea that ellie is um is young and in this world and still trying to adapt to it. It's just, I think it's very significant in that regards. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I, you know, the, the seatbelt scene, I'm glad you pulled, started that, started there uh, be, with that particular image because uh, there was a lot of things about safety and feeling safe. Mm-hmm. And like with Frank and Bill and how um, and, and even Joel and 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 Bill's relationship and, and their role as protectors, right? And and, um, and Joel in that moment where Joel tells Ellie to put on her seatbelt and you know and I was just like, wait a minute, um, 
know, there's it's not like you're going on a, a busy interstate here. This world is like, but just, just, but the, just the cause of just whatever unknown dangers that are still out there, even though in our normal modern world now, they're no longer, no longer there, but there's still risks of scavengers and, and the, and the infected and all these other things. And, and Joel in that protective mode and, and, and seeing how, he is evolving. Well, how how that relationship between Joe and Ellie are is starting to you know take to go to that next step that people who played the game, and even people like me who haven't, but now familiar with the source the, the source information, seeing where where it's leading. So I really like that. And the other thing too. Wait, wait. Yeah. Well, before you move on, I just yeah. want to um, because you brought it. You said it was. It's very interesting how you like painted the world as so different from mm-hmm. ours. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that there was some significance though that Joel made sure she wore her um, her seatbelt in Bill's town, which for for forty minutes of this episode, it's as close to what we understand Earth to be. Yeah, <laughs> as anything well, like the normal sea. That's yeah. in that gated community for that time. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why his first instinct was she needs to wear her her seatbelt. I mean, he just took a, f- a shower for the first time probably in like two weeks. Yeah, or longer. That yeah. plus another thing that I just thought of too is um, he was reflecting back to the night of the outbreak. Right. With yep. with his daughter, his own daughter. And, you know, maybe if she had been buckled in, you know, she may not have gotten as injured and things could have turned out differently. You know, so, again, the, there's that piece. Uh, but I, I like the the fact that you also brought up the normalcy because that's something that Frank, you know, whenever Frank and Bill had their big spat, I know we're jumping around, but it, you know, that creation, you know, Bill was just happy, you know, Bill was just happy with his little enclave and he, he was just i'm just content with we got our little gated community we don't need all we don't need people and then the, the spat was frank was like look yes we're perfect here but we also but we need we need people we need community and 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 frank you know inviting joel and tess to come to to uh was it lincoln yeah. I think it was the town. Um, was again that effort to like, yes, we are we are in a post-apocalyptic world here, but these are important things that we just need to f- f- feel human and feel normal. And and this is why we're going to motor grass, and this is why we're going to clean up the store and and do things here to make our little slice of this of Massachusetts be normal again uh that we well, you know yeah yeah it's it's that contrast between living versus surviving mm-hmm. and bill was fully intended on survival mode he was all yeah. prepped for it he was yep. excited about it he he had everything figured out and then it took one person to fall into a trap and suddenly it was not just about surviving but also living because love is to to live is to love, to love is to live. Live, so. yep, 
Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and damn those producers for pointing out like that in their first like commentary <laughs> about the show. This thing that I'm like, oh, they're doomed. They're falling in love. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but one other thing as far as just the how this week's episode started and how it diverts from uh, the the previous two, and also something that you said as far as. Uh, how this deviates from instead of the story being about Joel and Ellie, um, we it goes down this path about Frank and Bill, who are you know I think if I understand in, in the in the game I mean we we do meet Bill but I think Frank is Frank is Frank in the game itself or is he just alluded to and as far as being- I'm so I um. I mean, I don't, I, I feel like he is, but, and he, he dies in a very different way. Yeah, he dies by getting bit. I do know he got bit. Like, he, the he, characters he, themselves yeah. are in the game. Yeah. But, but the, this version of events is not. I'll, right. I'll put it that way. And there's some other significant moments in the game mm-hmm. that, um, I was surprised to learn weren't in this episode because again, as familiar as I am with this story, the exact chain of events, I still have a bit of cloudiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I I thought, I thought you were going to talk about how. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I diverted a little bit there and I'll get back to what my original point, which is, how the episode starts is different this time because they they basically use Ellie and you know and Joel as a springboard, mm-hmm. you know uh, you know before because the the first two episodes we have we started in the past, right? This episode we start in present day, and talking about the past, talking about the past, yeah, right, and 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 we and we you know, we get our first like I guess episode where. The events that happen at the last one lead into this current one because we we see Joel and Ellie ten miles outside of Boston in a beautiful like I was like wait a minute does Massachusetts have the mass mountain ranges and stuff <laughs> because there's this beautiful landscape but also it was gorgeous and it was also just a reminder that even through all the evil that has occurred and the des- the dystopia that has now happened because of the the vir- the the, the uh, fungus nature is is starting to take over again and it, it, and 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 not to bring it to to think about real world things but even like with like in the last two years what happened with us and COVID whenever everybody was shut down and how you know we, we saw studies how like global warming kind of receded a little bit because you know how nature just sort of corrected itself from people <laughs> and right. and we're and we're seeing that here in this world too where things are pristine. But also, uh, that moment was very, you know, how the episode opens is Joel's way of mourning Tess uh, when he's stacking those rocks. Yeah. And, and, you know, and again, you know, he never, you know, he, it was very interesting. He, he, you know, he never, and even it was alluded to Bill's letter, said what their relationship was, even though everybody, just, just like how Frank and Bill knew that they loved each other. Mm-hmm. And how and how Bill picked up on that whenever they had dinner at you know several years later uh, when he when he first met Joel and Tess, um, 
Bill, you know, so Frank, you know, we, we see that there's something more than just that he's more than a friend there when he whenever they're at the stream. And and then also just the reactions between Ellie and Joel. Um as far as who you know who is responsible for Tess's Tess's loss and you know and 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 just the interactions between the two of them, and it's still, and, and I think it was very important to see that relation that that play out there because it's still, had you know, there's still that barrier up between Joel and Ellie that, you know, by the end of the episode we start to see it, like you said, with seatbelts in the truck starting to start starting to recede. Yeah, see, I keep going back and forth about that barrier just because. He tells her, we're not going that way because I don't mm. want you to see something. Yeah. Like, there, I don't, I don't think that he cannot have some sort of, I need to protect this person. He, of course, the idea of, okay, I have to take her with me to go find my brother. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of, that idea sort of is is what he's really wrestling with. Um, but I think to your point, this idea that Joel first episode, Joel, uh, loses someone he, he was supposed to protect Mm -hmm. second episode loses someone he was supposed to protect. Mm -hmm. This is how you tell, like incorporate a larger cast and it still reinforces what's going on with your, your protagonist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) when we meet Bill, who is not exactly like Joel, but they are two peas in a pod, oh, yeah. <laughs> begrudging, a begrudgingly pod. Um, but it's this it's this perfect way to tell a story um, about these two two middle aged men who fall in love during mm-hmm. this this when the world has gone to shit and who are still able to live out their lives and have some semblance of normalcy. Um, and, and, and have Joel coming off of like yet another person he's lost and, and having this finding himself being the only one responsible for this, this little human who's mm-hmm. also 14 years old, just like his daughter mm-hmm. was. Um, so yeah, I just, I think all in all, everything that they did made a lot of sense. And um, I can't be mad at any of the choices they did in this. Um, one thing I did want to talk about at the beginning yeah. Yeah. was um, Ellie killing the infected because yeah. Yeah. keeps saying, Oh, that scene Maybe I'm misreading things, but everyone keeps saying, oh, she's so blood hungry. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. to me, the it was it was an infected who was buried in like and like gr- having that groan that they do, that clicker mm-hmm. thing and and reaching out. And and to me, my interpretation was actually not that she was bloodthirsty, but she put it out of its misery Mm. because there was like, there's that close up on the eye of it, Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And she could have toyed with it. She could have, you know, um, been really grotesque about it, but, but no, I feel like 
you're Ellie through Joel has been trying to understand this thing in a way that nobody has ever explained it before as, as she's now she's aware it's around her and mm-hmm. can suddenly jump out and, and not kill her by biting her, but kill her by ripping her apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's just, to me, I, I actually interpreted it as her being, um, having, be humane about it and taking it out of its misery. Yeah, I, I, I was when I was watching that scene, I, I had, I, I, I had the similar take that you did as well. Okay. Uh, that it, that it, it was, because it was like a, it was like almost, it was a curiosity. Yeah. Of like, like almost like dissecting. <laughs> A, a well, frog or something because you know because she like you know it, and it also gets to some of the callbacks to some of the discussions like whether or not you know when she asks Joel what are the people who are infected do you, are they still I'm paraphrasing here but are they live or you know dead or it yep. just makes it easier to 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 kill yep. to kill them so so I think your that reinforces your point that. Whenever she, it was that curiosity to see, is this person still still there as far as just a sentient thing? Or is it now just the has the fungus just taken over and, and it's just it's just a mindless you know, zombie is like everybody calls it, <laughs> even though even though in order for the fungus to work, it you know it has to have a living host. But I, I just loosely use zombie to for, for descriptive yeah, purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um so that's how I read that scene. Um, because maybe when I first started watching it, I thought it was the bloodlust. I did right. because, but then as it progressed, I, I came around to your 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 thought about what she was doing there. Yeah, I mean, Ellie's just a curious person. Mm-hmm. She's always asking questions, always, and 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 I think she her her questions continue mainly because. Joel seems to be the only one who, yeah, he'll, he, she may not like his responses, but she'll get the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, like, she'll get yeah. the truth out of yeah. it. So yeah. it, yeah. it's the first adult who would probably ever tell her the truth and what's going on. And I think that also why she's so curious about it is because she's immune. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, her being an orphan, I wonder if she, her curiosity about the infected and what happened and just the fungus in itself is her trying to understand, well, how, what, like, why me? Why am I immune to this? Why, what, is it, is it somehow a part of me? Like, I don't understand this. If, if I'm the supposed cure, then why? then then it must be related to me in some way so yeah Yeah. i i think that's that's very and and see it's also interesting to me how how little time we had with joel and ellie Mm -hmm. yet i feel like a lot of our discussion is about them not because bill's story um and frank's story is not impactful or powerful and beautiful it's a very simple story. 
Yeah. And and I I appreciate the simplicity. I appreciate almost the calmness, the weird silence, especially after last week's episode that both of us were like, oh, this got really scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Down and, but um, but I think it was I think we needed that kind of a breather mm-hmm. to reset and then and have these these great character moments with Joel and Ellie to book and the entire episode as um, at, at the end when they're in the house. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting. We, we keep talking about Tess, like Joel grieving Tess's death. Um, there's also like, he, he finds out an, uh, another ally, another friend is dead. Mm-hmm. Granted, in a very different way that yeah. like they made their choice um, right. and they died peacefully and they got to live their lives. But he's just like somebody else who I could rely on, who who was a part of my world is now dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it just leaves me alone and this stupid little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I the point you make about the curiosity of Ellie especially like why me and what's so special about me and 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 the protective nature of Joel uh coming through again uh whenever they were on the walk into the town and he told her to go let Scott go this route and this you know they could they come on the the mask um the grave of of people who weren't infected mm-hmm um and 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 then so even though the even though it was a a, i won't say bottle show because i I think it it was it was a good change of pace because i think and i like the way they flip-flop things this week where we start with joel and ellie we get to that place where um they come across the, the site where the town residents who were who were not infected were 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 gun killed by Fedra. Right. Uh, and well, and that were killed in an attempt to uh, mitigate against the spread of the virus, just like right. last week, how we heard about the bombings that occurred. Like exactly. doing a good job. Um because we're like Ellie. We don't mm-hmm. know happened on that day we only know the events that occurred with joel and sarah and tommy Mm -hmm. but we don't know like about any of the other shit that went down especially the 20 years that occurred (laughs) how did did joel get to boston (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i want to understand that story a little bit better um but that they're doing a good job by shaping the world and telling the history like bit by bit, but also not say not focusing on it so that it deviates from at the end of the day, this is a story about Joel and Ellie. Yeah, yeah. Like and and you might hear other stories mm-hmm. because we can't necessarily have a nine hour TV show just featuring two characters. Yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but so we're going to take advantage and be able to tell these, these side stories while continuing the central journey. And a lot of shows try to do this. 
Mm-hmm. And in the six years we've been talking about TV shows, a lot of them fail. A lot yeah. of them were just like, oh, shit, it was a filler episode. It was a bottle episode. It it just uh, I, like the momentum was lost. I didn't feel like the momentum got lost. Not at all. Um, I I also don't know if it's the best episode of television I'm ever going to see this year. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think it's I think it's a really good episode of TV, but I think that it's on par with the previous two episodes of the show we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I yeah par. yeah, and what speaks to the what speaks to 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 the show and is how well written it is, um, right? And how how you can take a source source material and adapt it and and you know make the, make the appropriate deviations from the source material that. Hopefully, most open-minded fans of the source material can can appreciate the deviations in the and, and and giving you the depth that in the medium that the source material was you know is from you couldn't get you could not have a story you couldn't go with this deep the depth of the love story between Frank and Bill that um you know that is presented in, in this in this live action drama. Well, I think it's also Neil Druckmann. Mm-hmm. He, he already created a beautiful world and told a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I want to take this to a different medium and retell it, but also expand upon it. Yeah. For, yeah. Let him do it. Yeah, let him <laughs> let do him it. Do it. <laughs> totally, totally. And um, One more yeah. thing, though, before we um, wrap wrap this up. Um we were talking about Ellie before and killing the infected mm-hmm. um, and something else we've heard time and time again from Ellie for the last three episodes is I want a gun. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the fact that now she has a gun leading into the next episode? Hmm. So yeah, I, I was, I was, she was rooting around and found that found Frank's little pistol. Um, yep. I was, um, now that she has it, yeah. And now we saw that what she, with the curiosity that she had in the in the um, uh, Cumberland uh, farm store, um, she, I, I guess it gets back to the discussion we had about that curiosity, and and also thinking back to the very first episode when whenever Joel uh, beat the uh, Fedra soldier to death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is is she? You know, will will, will she be able to to you know? It, it's the one. It's the it's like the uh, it, it's that shiny object. And now that she has it, what will you do with it? And I, I, I honestly, right. you know, I honestly, not knowing the game, I don't know. At least for right. me, what she will do with that with that shiny object. Right. Uh, All I can do is say right because I I totally I wasn't asking it because I thought you would know know or anything. I was just getting trying to get a sense of what your thoughts were about how well now she has a gun. Yeah. And and you know it's gonna come up. You know it's gonna come mm-hmm. up eventually. She's gonna have a gun. We're gonna see what happens. But um 
again, it's a small moment <clears throat> that that is just in this episode that you know it's going to get called back on. Yeah. And and I just so so my my overall thoughts about this is that <clears throat> this should be looked at as the way to do a quote unquote filler episode because it doesn't feel like it's filling anything in. Yes, you're you're literally getting two characters from point A to point B because mm-hmm. plot. <laughs> yeah. They needed a car, okay? They needed a car, yeah. Car real quickly. Um, but at the same time you are able to tell a love story and something that out of all the shows, movies we've seen in this genre, mm-hmm. The rarity of finding something like that, especially told about two middle-aged men. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like I said. The I don't, before we before we move on to the from the show uh, this show to our our DC discussion, uh, I do you know have to like just talk a, a little bit about the uh, about their relationship and and their and just the genuine just how they found one another, you know. Like Frank stumbling, literally, you know, literally stumbled upon him on on this trap, and and then th- their first meeting, and you know, and I and I know we haven't t- referenced much about the uh, about the podcast, uh, the show podcast uh, after show, but uh, I really like their take a listen to it about uh, their discussions about how did Frank figure it out that. Uh, Bill was was gay and 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 you know and also just just in general like when you think about even heterosexual couples like whenever you do meet someone you know you just it was just one of those moments that was just so I think the genuineness came up came through in this episode as far as how their relationship formed um it was a very genuine type of of awkwardness you know he invites them to you know. You know, Bill thinks this guy's just gonna like go out and tell everyone all about my little private world island here that I am perfectly fine, content, and everything. And but then how it like throws him off because you know, especially as they, you know, when they're sitting there and you know, first time they played the piano and 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 that that moment of just like. I can, you start to see Bill kind of letting his guard down. Sort of like, you know, sort of, sort of to your point, how this show also is like, Mike, Joel is, Bill is kind of like a sort of mirror of Joel in some regards, as far as his, how his relationship with other people, you know, Tess and Ellie, as far as just seeing how things evolve. And, and we got to see that with, with Bill. So, um and, and and frank and so so all the little things you know and then of course when frank uh got ill with whether then i know they didn't and they didn't mention the illness so it could either you know i thought maybe als or multiple sclerosis i've heard some people <laughs> say cancer but regardless of of whatever it was um it it showed the the depth of of love that you know there's the romantic love and then there's the longevity love that you know after that romance period ended you know they 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 fell into the 
what couples do and they spat and then it was just very genuine and then whenever the end did come um it was what bill did was very consistent with what bill was going to do like the night that the raiders came to the house i mean the time right. that bill got hurt it was you know it was protecting frank right and and so whenever he whenever he had the other bottle of wine and he was like yeah you know i'm i'm doing this too um you know it it, it made sense for their, for the characters and it made sense for the end game and one important thing that uh, that was really noted here that it wasn't the trope of bury your gaze but it was a conscious decision that it's not this is not suicide this right. is something we are doing together and i thought that was just so i mean i you know i didn't tear up at that part <laughs> it was actually some of the scenes earlier like whenever i was like as they were falling in because i was like oh man especially the, the scene uh you know some of the things that happened like the, the strawberry patch is the one that got me but uh uh but there's a but like i said i, I just it, just how to, to close it out with the bill and, and frank story it was just, i think there was just a genuineness of it that in this this dystopian world people can still fall in love and and, and be together and it was just a great change of it was a great moment of just like why we're why we why we're rooting for joel and ellie to like succeed because we want to get the world back to a place where people can live like this normally and 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 we saw a glimpse of of that with with frank and bill right right no absolutely yeah i it's it's not a sad suicide no it's I mean, they do commit suicide, but it's not sad. It's more like because it's it's at the end of the road. Like mm-hmm. how much can how many more days of that can you do, yeah. especially if you're in pain? Yeah. Um, and I just want to point out, like, they don't name the disease, but I like that it was a disease that affects people currently. Mm-hmm. You know, and yep. and that's a that's an quote unquote natural way to die. Yeah. Um in this unnatural world. So mm-hmm. so I I think again they they made a lot of really smart choices. Um and and which is on par with everything that they did in the previous two episodes. So yeah. until next week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I you know I'm so glad that um I, I feel I feel like this year there might be fewer gaps of like times when we have mid content because mm-hmm. this show is ending early March and then it was recently announced that on March 26th succession season four is back. Yep. Yes. Um so and and I don't think we've ever done reviews on succession and I think we've talked about March and everything that's going on. I doubt we will, but I will definitely be watching and probably have a few rants about it. So yeah, 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 definitely excited for that. Okay. So this is a part of the show where I let will do all of the talking (laughs) and I may say some things here and there because I know what happened today. Um, I had a weird day at work and so I'm aware of everything I've heard about stuff. Um, 
And and maybe listeners have seen my tweet in response. <laughs> <laughs> I I get it. He said, yeah, we're not going to go into production unless we have a script. Cool. Is that the only thing that went wrong with all of the other projects? Well, he said, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm a very distrusting person. Oh, yeah. And it'll ha- it'll take me at least three movies before DC gets in my gr- good graces. Like, Redemption is not a six-minute video. But on yeah. that note, Will... What what should we take away from the like what are the highlights of this big DC announcement? Oh yeah. So uh I think to your point, uh there are several things. So yes, everybody probably who's listening to us now probably is obviously very familiar with James Gunn was going to announce and by in the January the first projects for chapter one of the DC studio slate. And he did that today um, publicly yesterday. There was a, uh, a media availability and uh, press got the first crack at the, uh, the new, the new, um, the new slate, but we got 10 different projects. Uh, the new slate's going to be called DC U gods and monsters. Um, Couple things, you know, with the video, he did acknowledge the fact that there are four films coming out this year, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, starting with Shazam, then we have the Flash uh, in June, uh, which will be a reset. Um, that and is apparently the best superhero movie ever. Yeah, yeah, they're really talking this thing up. So, <laughs> speaking of talking things up, uh, and so uh, there's that. The uh, of course, Blue Beetle is also coming out this summer, and then close out with Aquaman two, and and a couple of takeaways from that uh, recognition that there is existing universe, um, the DC EU as it was known, uh, and also things like the Batman Part two, which is of is scheduled currently scheduled to come out to your point in October of twenty twenty five, and also the Joker and the uh, Black Superman project that J.J. Abrams still hasn't turned in or a draft. Those are all Elseworlds. Yeah. 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 I I was I was hoping you you were going to get to that is that those projects are Elseworlds, not necessarily in the same slate of of chapter one, Gods and Monsters. That's that gets kicked off with Superman Legacy, which is set for July 11th, 2025. That is, yeah, that is correct. So that's And the, not be featuring Henry Cavill. Not yet. And they did speak to that in the press availability yesterday that Henry was not fired. He just, we were just going in a different direction. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was not. And they're going to try with Ezra because, um, the flash is the best movie of all time. Um, but they also do not condone any of his acts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But oh Peter God. Safran. Yeah. So, yeah. So yesterday, uh, Pat, Peter Safran, who was the co-CEO with, with James Gunn really spoke to a lot of those things like Ezra and like, we wish we're fully behind Ezra and his recovery and, and their recovery. And, um, and, 
but they didn't say anything. He didn't say anything more about any, whether or not there'll be any additional Flash movies, but they did note that many like other creatives like Andy Muschietti, who is this directing the Flash movie, will, will they would like to continue to work with them. Uh, but yeah, but um, so these other projects, really, there's only two release dates, to your point. Um, James Gunn did acknowledge that the uh, previous regime was handing out IP like candy. <laughs> uh, and if anybody had a pitch, anybody could have one. And he, and, and he also noted that because of that, uh, we did end up with a very disjointed creative universe, uh, disjointed universe where, you know, we, where we did have, you know, the, the, those crazy rules apparently where the Arrowverse couldn't use some of the, you know, Trinity characters or tentpole characters and we couldn't have two Batman or two whatevers, you know, with those weird rule, you know, those weird things that happen there. Um, and, uh, and, and, and there was no cohesion between the movies and the TV shows and stuff. So, you know, he, he, he t- touched on all of those things um, head on as well as just some of the suspect storytelling <laughs> and, uh, and, and noted that, they're you know they're really going to be focusing on story and to your to your worry about things getting announced but then they just go into development hell um you know i think they're going to really dial that back and just really make sure things are are, are ready to are, are baked before they make any announcements and release dates and that kind of thing but the uh the prop but the getting to the first part of this new slate that uh is going to be released is um creature commandos which is actually already in a production i guess james noted that he was he was actually writing that one um that's animated that's an animated action property yep and it um i'm not you know some of these are i have to freely admit are 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 new new things even for me Uh, i wasn't familiar with the uh Creature Commandos, but it's a, a seven-episode animated series that uh, takes a team of classic monster, monsters, puts them together to fight Nazis. Um, and so uh, the voice, no one's been cast yet. That was another big thing that was noted today, too, was it was all about things. It wasn't about directors. It wasn't about who was cast or anything like that. It was just really well, announcing properties. Yeah. Well... But I mean, it's kind of safe to assume if you're going to have a show called Waller. Well, except with the exception, yeah, yeah. yeah well, the people who have already been cast, right. like they're not replacing John Cena in Peacemaker. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, Henry Cavill never was cast. <laughs> yeah, he was never cast. Yeah. 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 Jason Momoa can, will still be Aquaman. They, they. That was another thing that he also noted that. Uh, actors won't be uh, playing two different characters. Uh, Right. Yeah, I think he's had to deal with a lot of rumors um, Mm -hmm. because that's also been a force against um, DC. But um, what what is did they say anything about Waller? Yeah. Yeah. So it is it is a spinoff of Peacemaker. So. Right. So that means that that we'll probably at some point get a Peacemaker season two. Um, and I heard um, the director of Waller is the same director of um, Watchmen. 
Yep, and also written. Yep, and she's written by by her, and also uh, Jerry McCarver from Doom Patrol. Yeah, I'm. So at first, when you when people just said, "Oh, Waller got announced," I'm like, "Really? <laughs> a character?" <laughs> uh, but as soon as you told me, like I heard director Watchmen, I was like, "Okay, yep. game on." <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure Viola Davis after after uh, what was that movie that I'm never gonna watch? Black Adam. Yeah. Because I've already seen it trailers. Um, I'm sure she's like, okay, now you guys do me one. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. I yep. want a Watchmen show. Thank you very much. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and and then and then after Waller, we're gonna have Superman Legacy. Who's not going to be like, no, I'm not going to beat that horse to death, but like, like who's going to be played by someone to be announced? Timothy Chalamet, probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to find someone who. Yeah. It, I mean, well, we're we going to get. No, that like what story it is. We don't know right. if this is young, old, like, so it's, it's very curious of, um, if we'll know more before the casting mm-hmm. or if the casting will indicate more about the story we're going to get. We got a few years. Yeah. And, and it's, it's July, but you know, dates are fudgeable. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I do believe it's going to come out probably before by tw- 2026. I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, James said he's working on it now. Um, and I think he did want to, you know, since he is very active on Twitter, uh, he did note that this is not an origin story that w- that the Clark Kent right. that we have, that we'll see in this film is, you know, has been around for a bit. So, um, so we do know that that is all we officially know from James. Right. You, whatever. You- yeah. You can't do origin stories with Superman or Batman anymore. Yeah. You, you just, yeah. you can't. I'm sorry. You can't. Yeah. We know the origin. We got it. Mm-hmm. Um, no more origin stories. Um, lanterns. Yeah. So if, speaking of like Daraverse and, and whatnot, Greg Berlanti, who was, was the force behind that, was developing a uh, Green Lantern series, but that one is officially over. Mm-hmm. And uh, because Berlanti, even though he's re- just recently signed another contract with the Warner Brothers, uh, it did not include anything related to DC. So he's, I think, you know, once the uh, current Berlanti verse shows finish their runs, that'll be his uh, probably be the end of his involvement with this IP for now. Um, but this new Lantern show will be fo- will will have uh, Hal Jordan and John Stewart and. Um, I guess he said it was going to be in the vein of true detective. Man, before you said that, all I could think is, James, please, like, insert Ryan Reynolds randomly as an extra in one of the scenes. Oh, I'm sure it's going to have to show up. It's got to happen. Like, you have to do that. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And they did note that there will be other lanterns showing up, so maybe. Uh, or can he just appear like randomly in like the opening credits, so we see him every mm-hmm. episode? Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to beat the opening credits of Peacemaker. Come on. Yep, that's the, the only way. Okay. Yeah, agreed. I mean, agreed. And then now we're getting into unfamiliar territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, this feels made up. 
But I listened to Kind of Funny go over it, and it's a true thing. But it's it's also even even Greg, who's read a lot of DC Comics, was like, I'm very... I still need to look into this a bit more. <laughs> but the authority. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with the... the I'm familiar with the Wildstorm line, but I have to say this today. It was like, all right, I need to go to the DC Wiki on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you got plenty of years to get caught up yeah. on authority yeah. for that. Um, and then we're going to the mascara with yeah, but, Lost. Yeah, yeah. One last thing about the authority, though, it does sound like it's it's like the the boys' version take on the uh, the the maybe we'll get that kind of vibe with that show. But anyway, yeah, yeah I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, because I. I want, I think that, well, maybe, because I, I what, this is going to come out 2026, 2027, yeah. so maybe the boys will be over by that point, but mm-hmm. it's, if you tell me something is supposed to be like it, I, I just, I, like, that, again, going back to our whole thing about expectations, yeah. that's, uh, you're you're not gonna have Homelander, so it's never gonna be. The <laughs> you're not gonna have that, so don't say it is yeah. because my expectation is Homelander, and I'm not gonna get Homelander. Right, so, right. um, and and I also think that these these shows, especially if you're introducing pretty much a new property, it should mm-hmm. stand alone and be yeah. like this is what it is, like like this. Yeah. So I understand like in the vein of this, and this is what we hope to get. But I I yeah, want maybe, something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's maybe maybe uh, the way I look at it is more like I guess to the the grittiness of it. Maybe that's just not necessarily okay. like the, 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 the yeah. Well, even even the gritty, I mean, James Gunn, a lot of what he's done, especially in D.C. so far, has been gritty, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's there, it's, I wouldn't say uh, I don't know if gritty is the right word for the boys so yeah. much as like it's satire. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> I don't, yeah, satire in a brilliant way. Man, um, so yeah, but we'll see. The Brave and the Bold is this the Damian Wayne yeah, movie? Is. Okay, I was for a moment I was like, well, they got a random soap opera movie, <laughs> but no, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. because I I think it's interesting that I've heard I've heard about Damian Wayne and how this movie, The Brave and the Bold, um. It's going to be very soap opera, and it introduced the soap opera that is the Wayne family, mm-hmm. Bat family. Um, and so we're going to have that and then skip a movie and Supergirl. And and so I just – my point is they're, they're taking these iconic characters and fleshing out these, um, these family mm-hmm. of these characters because – correct me if I'm wrong, Will, but I think there was a point – in one of these presentations that like this will be a multiverse and um to a to a true 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 state um this will this will definitely there'll be multiple iterations and and we're gonna have else worlds so it'll right. just yeah. yeah so i i find that interesting especially because um in talking about like 
really Batman and Super Superman, we they've done so much with them so far mm-hmm. that the next step is the, all of the Robins, is the Batgirls or the Bat yeah. Supergirls. Um, so so I I like that. I like yeah. that because we've got that a lot with Arrowverse, um, mm-hmm. and now we're taking it up a notch. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, yeah, well, to your point, uh, with the, uh, there will be uh, the Paradise Lost, uh, because, you know, since we have Batman, we yeah. have Superman, and as part of the Trinity, we'll have Paradise Lost, and this is uh, going to be a HBO Max series that uh, uh, I know James mentioned it was a Game of Thrones style. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. on, on the and so um, we shall see what happens there. Um, yeah, but yeah, but a lot of political intrigue and scheming. So, um, yeah. So, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's you know that. Here, here's the thing, guys. Everybody knows who listens to this. I love House of Dragon, mm-hmm. and one of our closing discussions about it was how it's a very maternal show. Mm-hmm. The mascara is maternal. It's women. So, please tell me House of Dragon will be done by the time we get this. So that then it can just fill that void. Yeah. Rather than these two. Because we all saw what happens when Lord of Rings had their show that we watched two of. <laughs> <laughs> Never returned. Nope. <laughs> we I tried to. talked about potentially going back to it. We yep. just stopped. Yeah. I tried. I tried. I, I even tried after. Uh, I just couldn't get back into it. I just, I just couldn't. But to, also, one thing you noted with uh, the Bat Family um, and the, just the, the expanding the universe, uh, it did. Well, let me. Well, let me. Let me put a pin in that. Let's finish up the, the, the rundown. Then, if we have some time, I'll just hit a few last little notes. Um, we also get uh, Booster Gold. Sorry, I thought, yeah. sometimes you amuse me, Will. Yeah, I, I, I amuse myself sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> you amuse me <laughs> because because I can I I I when when things like that happen, we've been doing this for so long, um, celebrating our six year pod anniversary, yeah. yep. um, very recently, and um, so when things like that happen to you, all I can picture is like, oh, this is what Will experiences. When that happens to me, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but but as you were saying, <laughs> yeah yeah we have boost yeah uh, exactly we're uh, we're running here at the uh, end of, almost at the end booster gold um, which actually actually again was a character that was introduced recently in live action on a uh, Legends of Tomorrow even though I never watched that show but just just thank thank you Twitter. Uh, why did I? Why did I think he was on the Flash? No, no, it was it was Legends. Um, and what was he? <laughs> yeah, so Booster Gold, he's a guy from he is a character from the future. Uh, he comes back in time, but which maybe that's what you're thinking of Eobarthon. Oh um, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. I was thinking about the gold person, Goldfinger. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, I, I try to blank out those 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 episodes of the Flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, but he comes back in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, James Gunn said he's um, and he has the um, issues with imposter syndrome as a superhero, so. 
Um, and then finally, uh, we get we will get a uh, new. Let's see, we have Super Supergirl, which you you mentioned, uh, Woman of Tomorrow, which uh, I guess he he is taking inspiration from Tom King, who was also a recent writer on the Batman comics. Um, take on Super Superman's cousin, and so we will see her um and her story in the um up- upcoming gods and monsters slate and then finally um uh we'll get a little bit of horror in the uh new dcu uh with, with swamp thing yeah i you know looking at this slate it's like a compromise it's like mm-hmm. james is like okay i get one you get one i get one <laughs> i want to do some of these other crazy things and and but i understand that we still have to do the holy trinity so you get what i so so it's 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 amusing um and it's very james gunn like if we were to take a pull of like what we thought Swamp Thing should have been on that list of yeah. like, yeah, that's a property James Gunn would want to explore mm-hmm. in one way or another. Um, I, so, so the whole gods in monsters thing, um, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. and um, and kind of funny brought up when I was listening to them about how um, Stanley. Um, was once quoted as saying the difference between DC and Marvel mm-hmm. is that DC are gods who are put on earth to protect. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Or, uh, or something along that line, the, the emphasis on gods. And then Marvel is regular people who are given godlike powers. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that really stuck out to me because I, I keep thinking about it's not that DC failed. Like currently, DC is losing in whatever. Like yeah, you can call it fan war, or you just just in trying to bring these properties life in the way that the MCU has. And I can't help but wonder if that has to do with how, as a regular human, the idea that I could randomly wake up. With and be given godlike powers, like there, I don't know why, but it's just like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm never gonna wake up and suddenly be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's just never gonna happen. Yeah. So I just I I and I understand like Superman first like big comic book movie to be successful, iconic. Christopher Reeves, all of that. And then you have Batman and its whole legacy. And I and I kept thinking about Batman. Batman's the one yeah. who's like really a regular person. Doesn't yeah. really even have powers except he's rich and powerful mm-hmm. politically. Yeah. So so the fact that Batman is really this iconic character who every who's they've made Warner Brothers has made so much money off of Batman, and yet he's the one human. Yeah, I just I keep thinking about this of maybe that's part of the reason why it's harder to get these these uh, um, marquee characters from DC up and running at the same in the same way that Marvel has just because of those core that core difference. 
between yeah. the the universes. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely that's a huge a, a huge part of it. I I, I agree, and, and I think just the presentation. I think it it does come to story too, because mm-hmm. absolutely because when we when we when you think about the DCEU in particular and what they were trying to achieve, um, you know they it, it had it had potential. It, it really did. Um, you know, looking back at at Man of Steel and where they were going with Superman, I think they just. And I, and I think this is where I think James is going to be successful, and and with the Gods and Monsters and and, and his run as as uh, co CEO with Saffron, I think they are. I think the previous folks were so like caught up in trying to replicate Marvel and do this sh- sh- shared universe, and we'll just throw together these stories. Um, with you know some suspect scripts, looking at you, Wonder Woman '84, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and the first Suicide Squad film, and others, Black Adam, and others that you know just the writing just wasn't there. Whereas, yes, I you know Marvel does. Marvel has its flaws too. I mean, and, and I think, but but I think the, the the shared universe on the MCU side was more organic. Um and and episodic in a sense, so that it 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 worked like you said for that set of characters it 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 worked and the way they structured those movies worked, um and DC tried to copy that and you know you just can't you know you just can't just cut and paste these kind of things You, you you know because to that to your point at the fundamental core. Uh, it's hard. How can this the story? You can't like do what you just said. You can one day someone, a regular kid like a Peter Parker, gets bitten by a radioactive spider, and he's all of a sudden, I'm now I'm a superhero. You know, Superman can never. You know, he's always been the alien. <laughs> right. Right. And so it's hard to like. So you know, trying to like grasp. It's, it's just what hard that, to. See sell that yeah and hard yeah and trying to graph that type of story on you know from dc to marvel onto into dc like they were trying to do it just didn't it just didn't work and so i think james gets that and, and he notes that during his um during these presentations uh in particular the one with the press yesterday where you know he's like it is all about story and um and 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 I'm not going to try to get into this you know arm arms race with DC I mean, with Marvel and even even calls out some of the weaknesses of Marvel of like uh sort of you know paint by numbers as far as you know those third acts I mean we've we've, we've laughed about how those those movies the Marvel movies you kind of know how the third act is going to go because you know they they do have a formula. Yeah, so, yeah, I've I've also seen that formula like Wonder yeah. Woman third act. Mm-hmm. Anybody remember that? Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, get, yeah. So you know, so at the end of the day, I think I I, I I'm cautiously optimistic with what with what I heard today. Um, and uh, there were a few little more little things. I know he mentioned like Batgirl. To your to go back to your point about um, uh, 
expansion of the, of the like the bat family and 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 that's one of the things that they they could utilize and of course um um other you know dc you know the dc eu actors could could definitely still show up it's just uh, they may be in else world's context right right i i am going to remain cautiously pessimistic um just because i have to yeah, we have to. Just, it's my it's my way. This yeah. is the way. Well, um, we'll see. Yeah, well, well 2025 or so. I mean, basically, we just know for the rest of this year, we'll just write out the the current slate of films. Uh, we know what we're getting there. I mean, we'll see if The Flash lives up to all the hype that the uh, uh, all the uh, folks who have seen it. Um, if it does live up to that. Um, and then we'll just, you know, whenever Creature Commandos and the Superman Legacy, especially Superman Legacy, which kicks off the new DCU drops, uh, we will we'll see if it uh, if we have if the new regime definitely has has learned from what the prior one <laughs> didn't. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The the it, it all comes down to the product. What actually yeah. ends up happening. Um, we're, we're going to be continuing to talk about DC, even when movies don't get made or get partially made, we still end up talking about DC because they're the gift that keeps giving. So, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, that's really all I can say. I've said everything else I've thought about this. Um, I'm, I am, I'm glad we had this discussion though, because there are a f- few properties, Waller in particular, that I'm I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so and the fact that they have HBO Max, you know, yeah. Yeah, the quality. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, HBO has been the gift that keeps being given ever since it's let off. So yep. Yeah, if I'm I'm glad we're moving from CW to HBO, and yeah, things are are growing up, but. They are. On that note, Will, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can always find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. Bye.